welcome to Prima's 2021 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Bill Zachary will discuss workers' compensation technology advancements. Bill was appointed as a senior fellow of the Sedgwick Institute in 2017 and is known throughout the risk management industry as a champion of workers' compensation reform. Bill serves on the board of the State Compensation Insurance Fund, California's largest provider of workers' compensation insurance. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Bill. It's a delight to be here. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to be able to spend a little time with you, and uh, I'm particularly excited about the uh, topics we'll be talking about. As am I. To start off, what impact will or can artificial intelligence have on workers' compensation and risk management? Well, the uh, artificial intelligence, we're just at the beginning of what it can and will be doing within our industry, and particularly for workers' comp. There are several things right off the top of my head that I think are important. First of all is if you look at some of the high-cost claims, the litigation is the highest, then you have uh, cause for the expense in the, in the system, if you will. The second is lost time, at-risk employees. So artificial intelligence will be able to be used, for instance, to identify the at-risk employee and help intervene so that we can make sure that we're able to get the employee back to work with as little friction as possible. And if you can identify people who are more likely to litigate and intervene in an appropriate way, you can reduce the litigation. Artificial intelligence will help us identify those claims that are more likely to be litigated, the ones that will have opportunities to bring the people back to work, and particularly what is called the at-risk employee for delayed recovery, which is employees who've had what are called adverse childhood experiences, things like that. And artificial intelligence, that's the beginning of it. Right on the front lines, for instance, it will simplify the treatment authorization process because for most of the treatment requests, one of the problems in the comp system has been the delay between requesting and the authorization of treatment. And I'm already seeing software out there and artificial intelligence being used to automatically approve certain treatments based on the initial diagnosis codes. Another interesting thing is the disruption it's going to make. Right now, there's a tremendous industry with the Medicare set-aside process. It's very expensive to get a Medicare set-aside analysis done, but I've seen artificial intelligence with one company where you can press a button and get a Medicare set-aside program out of the system without any expense. And so there'll be a significant disruption, for instance, in that area as well. On risk management, it's very interesting. You know, one of the most fascinating leading edges of insurance and risk management is cyber insurance. And the cyber costs have been going up significantly as the losses have been evolving. And I think Artificial intelligence will help the underwriters do a better job of identifying the employers who have significant risks, and I think artificial intelligence will help the employers identify areas where they have significant risks that they can mitigate in order to keep from having losses. So that's one area that I think in the risk management that's a huge opportunity. What is CRISPR, and how will it impact 
workers' compensation and risk management. Okay, CRISPR is, is CRISPR Cas-9, which is a fairly new technology for splicing genes. And what used to take 30 months or three months or five months or eight months and 30 or 40 or $50,000 can now be done very, very inexpensively and very quickly in terms of splicing genes. What this means is, is that technically in the not too distant future, using CRISPR, we will be able to remove any genes in any person that has a genetic disease such as sickle cell or Huntington's disease, you can eliminate those diseases from the human genome without necessarily disrupting the rest of the human genome, which is a very significant thing. But more importantly, I think CRISPR will allow in the future us to actually trigger the appropriate mechanisms to reconstruct or rebuild nerves or tissue that otherwise have been damaged. So I can see in the in the not too distant future, in the 10-year timeline, they'll be able to repair using CRISPR, I think we'll be able to trigger the right mechanisms to repair spinal cord injuries and things like that. Massive changes. Um, already there has been studies that have shown that uh, are a practice that where somebody went in and used CRISPR to repair a genetic malformation of a heart problem in an embryo, which is pretty amazing work. One of the problems about CRISPR, though, is, is that it can be used for nefarious or disruptive purposes, if you will. And uh, about a year and a half ago, there was a Chinese scientist who adjusted the genes into in vitro in two in twins so that they would not be susceptible to a disease. And the problem with that is, is that in doing so, he also technically reduced their life expectancy. So there's tremendous ethical questions or problems about CRISPR, but I think CRISPR is medicine of the future. And it's something that we all should be aware of. We should all be keeping an eye on it. I personally use Google and other notification programs so that any changes in and news that comes up about CRISPR, I get an update on because it is going to be so impactful on our lives over the next 10 or 15 years. What are the advances in medical technology which will impact workers' compensation? Well, medical technology continues to advance at a fascinating pace, and there, there's whole sections of people in the Silicon Valley and other places who are making efforts to change how medicine is provided through advances in technology. One thing that we've all experienced in our lifetime, for instance, is it used to be that knee injuries were dealt with by transplanting or fixing the meniscus or things like that. Nowadays, we're finding that people can get entire knee replacements, and that medical technology is a fascinating thing. Some examples of important things that are going on in the medical technology is they're coming up with advances in technology to identify concussions, which will be, I think, very important for all the professional sports teams out there, for all the um, people who are amateurs and all the, the younger kids who are practicing or playing any sport that might be subject to concussions. Not only are they coming up with better diagnosis through medical technology, but they're also coming up with 
different treatments that will, will address that. A good example of our lives now, for instance, in the medical technology is the new technology that was used to to identify and manufacture the vaccines. The ability for the companies to do that in such a short timeline demonstrates how medical technology and how rapidly it is changing. Some examples, for instance, are are the there's a a software and a hardware called Plethi, which is a device that will measure not only your range of motion that you do, but it also determines whether or not there was effort to go into that. So this will be used for physical therapy sessions, and it can be used to determine the final permanent disability. The other technology that we are seeing that has really improved during the last year even has been the remote sensing technology that goes on with doing medical legal evaluations and or just treatment at home, where I can now on my phone do an EKG. It's astonishing the technology that exists on your phone, on your watch, that can be then utilized to determine your medical status and what you can or should be doing. And we don't tend to think of this as medical technology, but the phone and the video that comes off the phone is significant in its technology that it allows us to view things and watch things that we otherwise couldn't in terms of you can take pictures and videos of how you're moving, what the recovery, uh, what the wound looks like, et cetera, so that you don't have to then go all the way into the doctor, have the doc look at it and say, oh, yeah, it's doing fine. Thank you. So you, you end up with less transportation, exposure, a, a more convenient treatment for the injured workers, and an easier process for doctors to monitor and look for the outliers and look for the problems that may come out of that. That's just a high level of the medical technology. Let me say one thing about technology. First of all, it's fascinating because the initial implementation usually, like most technology, is fairly expensive, and then the wider it gets used, the less expensive it becomes. That's one piece. Another interesting fact about technology is the, I want to say, the the problem that can, that most technology is used for good, but there are also sometimes opportunities for mischief or for some bad things to happen with new technology. One of the most important pieces of what's going on with all of the technology, whether it's artificial intelligence or the medical technology, is the data collection and the privacy issues that go with that. And that's a really important piece because workers' compensation technically is not covered by the federal privacy HIPAA requirements. It is covered by many of the state privacy requirements, but In order to do claims administration, you need to have access to medical records. You need to have access to information that is otherwise might be personal to the employee. And so there are challenges with regards to that. And that's a very important piece to understand. When you're looking at any technology, you have to say, okay, what data is being collected? Who's collecting that data? And how is that information being used and whether that's being used appropriately? How will autonomous vehicles impact workers' compensation and risk management? You know, most people don't really think of autonomous vehicles as a workers' compensation issue. And there are several 
fascinating parts about the autonomous vehicles that we're facing that's coming up very quickly. Already, you have many of the electric cars out there that are semi-autonomous. And there's a range of what's called an autonomous. The fully autonomous vehicle means that you would program it and it would drive you from point A to point B without you having any intervention or needing to intervene at any point. Most of the autonomous vehicles out there, particularly available at commercial use, are really not that far along. But they will happen before too long. And as that happens, you are already, for instance, you already have the Uber and Lyft transportation issues for people who need to get to and from the doctor. But I think autonomous vehicles will make it easier. There will be less subrogation in the workers' comp system because there will be fewer accidents. I think one of the nuances that most people don't think about is the ethics that go with the autonomous vehicle. But I think, you know, it's very interesting. The first really autonomous vehicle used for commercial transportation was a couple of summers ago when, believe it or not, there was a truck that was programmed to deliver beer in Colorado. And so it went from point A to point B without any intervention, human intervention kind of thing. And so what's going to happen from a a, sort of societal perspective is all the jobs associated with public transportation, with any distribution, are going to be potentially significantly changed in the future, and they may go away. This will reduce a lot of the exposure that comes from having people driving, questions of fatigue, things like that. That goes away, and so that's one piece of what we're going to see on the impact of workers' comp. There will be fewer jobs in that area. There will be fewer, less subrogation, if you will, easier transportation to and from the job. It's very interesting. Until a year ago, I thought, okay, well, you know, the impact on transportation will be significant because you're not going to have as many people driving. They'll be driven on an autonomous vehicle so they can sleep, do work, and do other things. And this epidemic has completely changed what is now considered the work environment. Many, many people who are now working at home, I've heard anecdotal stories about they will continue to be able to work from home for the rest of their careers. And so I think that the issue of infrastructure, the exposure to some of the deteriorating infrastructure is going to change. Our demand for space will change. Our uh, architectural will change. Everything will change. And with that comes a change in the exposures on the workers' compensation side as well as the opportunities to, if you have somebody who really does need to get to the dock, they can get to the dock. One of my favorite little stories is that if you have somebody in a in an autonomous vehicle and they start having a heart attack, the vehicle can be programmed to automatically maybe even defibrillate, but not if not that, get you to an emergency within a short period of time at a maximum speed with as few interruptions that you would normally have because this is an emergency situation. So the whole infrastructure changes when you start doing things like that. What app do you foresee impacting workers' compensation and risk management? You know, it's very interesting that the, the there are so many new apps out there, and I've seen some pretty good ones. One of my favorite current ones out there 
has been, uh, frankly, Zenith Insurance Company put together an app which connects the employee to the claims adjuster. And I've seen several other apps where they're connecting the employee to the doctor, the claims adjuster to the doctor. I think the, the Zenith one may do that as well. But you, I'm seeing more and more apps focused on what does the employee need. And if you look at what the employee needs and wants is they want to make sure they're getting the right treatment. They want to make sure that they know when the the evaluations, what the schedule is, if you will, for physical therapy, that kind of stuff. They want to know if their checks are in the mail. They want to know if the checks have been deposited in their accounts. They should automatically, frankly, have have been paid for any transportation that they incurred. And the apps that are being developed to focus on the injured worker, I think, have been a fascinating one. And that, I think, is one of the best opportunities for significantly improving the benefit process, significantly improving the experience for the injured worker, and making sure that the recovery is is optimum. Other opportunities, if you will, is I've seen apps out there which are used to identify mischief or fraud. I've seen so if you look at statistically what's going on, there's been some analytics that go into identifying questionable injuries. It's very interesting that from a fraud perspective, one of my background pieces is I used to be the chair of the California Fraud Commission, and so we distributed money to district attorneys to prosecute workers' compensation fraud. And frankly, the fraud process is changing because such a widespread use of videos that it is hard for a lot of people to fake injuries when you know that the entire facility is completely covered with a video so that there's no question about did the person slip and fall no, they did. Yes, they, you know, yes, they did. No, they didn't kind of a response. And so um, I think that there are a lot of opportunities, if you will, out there to improve the benefit provision, to improve decision-making. Compensability should be determined a lot faster than it has in the past, because I think we're going to have the the analytics and the information at hand. And I think that the next step also, I've seen several wearables, if you will, that are helpful in making sure that the employee is performing their functions in a capacity that is less likely to create injury. I think I've seen several safety programs where the person is taught the safety and walked through the safety process. Some of the worst injuries I've seen in construction sites are what are called lockout, tagout, where you're supposed to make sure that if you turn off a machine that there's no electricity or there's no source of power to that machine that would then turn on and injure somebody who is making a repair on the machine. And I think that a lot of the safety software, I've seen uh, dome construction do this. I've seen other areas where there is safety software that you can monitor the use of the software. You can monitor the use of the safety programs. And if somebody's not following the program, then you can say, okay, well, 
We need to re-educate the workers to make sure that we're less likely to have the injury to begin with. So I'm very, very optimistic that some of the apps out there that are being used for safety will significantly reduce the frequency and severity of potential injury. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.